and welcome to episode 196 of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Mark Hamer, and joining me tonight for a quite little intimate one-on-one, menage a deux, uh, is Mr. Nick Case. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, man, 196 episodes. We're getting very close to... Uh, Episode 200, and we haven't planned anything special for I it. I was going to say, yeah, we probably should start thinking about what that would look like. Yeah. yeah we could do a special about? on why Breath of the Wild is the worst game in the past <clears throat> 20 years. I'm just going to edit this out. <laughs> I jest, I jest. It's fine. How dare you? You know, my other half hates it as well. Oh, so she doesn't hate it. She, she didn't play much of it. And she just thought it was massively overhyped. She doesn't. She's a, she doesn't get it. It's I think, a constant bone of contention in this house. Oof. Does she, does she like Alan Wake? She's never played it. Fair. Yeah. Okay. So, at the moment, all she plays is Final Fantasy fourteen and Animal Crossing. That's Fair. It. Fair. I mean, you've so, been playing a lot of uh, Final Fantasy fourteen from what I've been seeing, or is that her playing? While you're logged into Discord, no. Okay, no, it'd be me playing. She plays on her PlayStation. Yeah, I've been playing a fair amount recently because the new new expansion came out, um, and I've been trying to the one where they had to um, um, cancel. They had to stop selling it, didn't they? Because it was too popular. They had to, st- yeah. They sold out of digital pre-orders a while back because they weren't going to be able to do um, guarantee server space, uh, and then. Even though they did that and they restricted people being able to make new characters on, well, banned people being able to make new characters on North American servers, um, we play on an American server. I, I think the situation was just as bad in Europe and Japan as well, though. But mm. uh, for the first like week, if you tried to log on at peak times, you would, you'd be in like a 4,000 person queue. Uh, and the, it, it would like bug out before it would get anywhere close to zero. So people just, if you went to get on, if you weren't on before peak hours, you weren't going to get on at all. Um, but they apologized profusely and then gave everyone like like seven, firstly seven days free game time um, on your sub, uh, and then a further fourteen days after that. So you got the best part of a month uh, for free. Uh, and the problem did not persist for a month, so it's all good. Um, it's our first episode back after the festive period. The festive period is officially over now, Nick. Officially. It is the 12 days have gone. Do you know how I know the, the festive period is over? Go on. I had my last mint pie last night. Okay. I, I, know, in it. A, I know in a slightly different way. Okay. So... Um, for Christmas, it has kind of become customary for Claire to buy me some, some form of sock. A um, Christmas sock? Mostly, yes, Christmas socks. Um, mm-hmm. This year, she went she went a bit extra, and she bought me the 12 socks of Christmas. Uh, oh, God. Technically, the 24 socks of Christmas, because it's 12 days of Christmas. So you have socks for 12 days. Um, sure. And yeah, my last pair of socks is currently on. So that's how I know that the 12 days is up. Okay. Although we did, we started the day after because mm-hmm. I forgot. I got another pair of socks as well, strangely. Um, so I wore those on the day. And then the day after I started the 12 socks of Christmas countdown. 
So does the I never fully understood this. So does the twelve days of Christmas start on Christmas Day? Yeah. So the first day of uh, Christmas. I always thought it was like a. I thought it was like a countdown to Christmas. Well, Claire did as well because she asked me a bit before Christmas. She said, "When does the twelve days of Christmas start?" And I said, "I'm pretty sure it's on Christmas, and then it's a count. Right. It's twelve days after. Well, eleven mm-hmm. after." And uh, she's like, "Oh, okay." Obviously, having bought this gift and thinking maybe, she was like, oh, I've got you a gift and it's like the 12 days of Christmas something. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know whether I needed to have it before Christmas or after Christmas. So that's why she asked. Um, But yeah, um, she she also thought it was countdown, but that's Advent, isn't it? Um, That's why you have an Advent calendar is counting down to Christmas. And then the 12 days start after, I believe, the 12 days. Just artificially extending this period I believe way the 12, beyond the points the 12 days like, are between Jesus being born and the three wise men arriving fuck they That's were 12 the, days late they were they were 12 days late I mean come on they followed a star uh huh and well that's not the dumbest thing like no. you know people have used stars for navigation for forever yeah but they, they saw a new star shining mm above Bethlehem and thought, I right. hope, guys, we need to walk over there. And they were only 12 days late, which I think is pretty good using star navigation. They didn't have Google Maps or anything. That See, would have been a lot understand. more convenient. I don't understand this goyish nonsense. <laughs> but that means that Christmas goes on entirely far too long. If you take it from the beginning of like your Advent period, hmm. it goes from the 1st of... First of December until, you know, a good chunk into January. It's taking the piss. More than an entire month for one holiday. Come on. Yeah. I I don't want to sound like a Scrooge. I had a nice festive period. Did you you get up to anything interesting? Um, No. We watched. We ate a lot (laughs) of food. Drunk a lot of. (laughs) Yep. Drunk a lot of alcohol. Yep. Read a lot of books. Okay. Played a few games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it, really. Had a quiet one this year. Watched a few films. I didn't read any books. Now I feel, I feel guilty. I didn't. I didn't spend my time reading any books. Oh. I watched a lot of films. Uh, and played a lot of games. And ate a lot of food and drank a lot. Uh, but I didn't read any books. I read a a, a copy of uh, Edge magazine, if that counts. I think, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll count that. Sure, I read it from cover to cover. Um, yeah, I, I, I was supposed to mean mean Zoe last Christmas. Uh, we got COVID. I woke up on Christmas morning to a message saying we tested positive, uh, and that was shit. And then this year, after having not seen anyone last year, we we're going to go around to my parents on Christmas Day. Uh, my sister, my brother-in-law, my niece, we're going to go around as well and we'll have like a big family present opening, you know, family day. Uh, and then my parents got COVID, so that didn't happen. So we had Christmas Day at home alone, which is fine. That's what we did last year. Um, this year we didn't feel like shit. And we went around to Zoe's parents on Boxing Day. Uh that's about it to be honest mm. had a few people over on new year's eve um uh. just because there was nothing there was nothing to do and couldn't go out anywhere and didn't really want to go out anywhere anyway um so we just had a few friends around we had some drinks 
watched some terrible films. Have you ever seen a film called The Haunting? I don't think so, no. Late 90s, um, Liam Neeson, Owen Wilson, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones in a haunted house. No, I've not seen this one. No? Oh, it's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's, um, whew. Uh, it's by the guy who directed Speed and Speed 2 mm-hmm. and a number of other action films for some reason was given the job of, of, of directing this slow-paced, brooding, haunted horror, uh, haunted house film. Uh, and it's, it's pretty special. It's pretty special. Features it's it's peak wow Owen Wilson uh era. So uh yeah, I definitely recommend watching that. Uh and then we watched Underworld five. They made a fifth. Because that was awesome. They made a fifth underworld film. Mm-hmm. Um it this one doesn't have Bill Nye in, which is the only other underworld film I saw had Bill Nye in. I can't remember anything about it, but I remember him being like really chewing the scenery and really enjoying it. He wasn't in that. Um, so this one had Charles fucking dancing instead. <laughs> like they, the, these, these, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure um, Michael Sheen's been in one of them as well. It's like these really well-regarded British thespian actors are falling over each other to be in terrible, gothy vampire action schlock. Mm. Uh, and I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I didn't really do anything else over the Christmas period, but I did play a lot of video games, as I think you did as well. I played a few. Okay, right. Well, we'll get started with yours first then. Okay. Um, uh, what have you been playing? Let me just boot up the Steam just to check, because <laughs> I think I've only played two. You mean you haven't been updating your rog.io? I've not, to be fair. Oh, I did play that as well. Oh. Okay, so yeah, let's go with that. Let's go there. I played um, two driving games over the festive period. Um, oh, okay. The first of which uh, is a little game that I picked up on sale a while ago and then never played. Um, but I thought it was about time I jumped into it. And that is the wonderful American Truck Simulator. Oh, yeah. Okay. I yeah. forgot that you'd played this. Yes. Um, yeah, like I, I never played European Truck Simulator, so this was my first experience of trucking yeah. on I've never played Euro Truck Simulator either. Uh, so something about that didn't really grab me as much. I didn't want, I didn't want to be... I didn't want to go in, jump into a video game and spend time... On the M25. Yeah, gridlocked on the M6 or whatever. Like, no one wants to, but, but then I realized that like most of it is driving on the continent and that's slightly more appealing, but not not as much as like trucking on, you know, the American highway. I think America has that's, more potential for sort of scenery change and yes, it's bigger. This is like um, more to discover. Uh, Rich Hall did uh, an entire film uh, video thing, a docu- like short film thing for BBC about why this is why there are no British like road movies. Mm. Um, there's not really European ones either, but there's loads set in America because there's something about the open road in America. Yeah. I mean, 
it's just it's that thing, isn't it? It's, it's the classic, you know, um, driving from coast to coast in America. There's so much changes, there's so much to see, and you go through so many different interesting and diverse places that you mm-hmm. don't really get anywhere else uh, on one continent, yeah. at least. Maybe, maybe potentially Africa in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. Um, so I started on the west coast i was just checking which which one it was then with my never eat shredded wheat um, yeah you get like the you get like california nevada nevada Ar- arizona and texas LA, i think you can start in yeah i think i started in california yeah and it pretty much just throws you straight in to be fair um you get a truck you choose a job and you're out and trucking. Um, so I, I, I did a few jobs, got enough to buy a truck, um, and just it, quite a learning curve straight away, especially mm-hmm. if you take the... When you get to the destination, you can choose whether to just sort of fake unload, drop it in a really easy spot, or reverse it into a tight spot, and you get more XP for reversing into a tight spot. Yeah, the first couple of jobs I just did it in the easy spot, and then I thought, you know what, I'll try the tight spot. And reversing a massive truck into a parking spot is is an interesting challenge that I didn't think would be as hard as it actually was. Interestingly, mm-hmm. um, so that took about fifteen minutes or something stupid. But um, yeah, it's just quite a nice chill out experience driving just driving really especially if you've got the wheel um there is a bit of annoyance in that when you get to a turn or a stop sign or something you have to sort of grab the mouse and look around i'm sure i could bind it to some wheel keys to yeah. quick look left and right but it it's not very that kind of snapped you out of the experience mm-hmm. um although i'm Sure, you're about to tell me how great it is in VR. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've only played it a little bit in VR. Most of my experience is playing it just on a screen. And the problem you've got is like you can map, say, to like the left and right deep, left and right on the on the D pad on your steering wheel to look left and right. But there's so many other things you need to be able to map. Yeah. So uh, I'd got like cruise um, control and yeah, the paddle your... shifters on. So I got like the, the paddle shifters were indicate left and right. Yeah, that's um, what I've got too. The return button was my turn cruise control on and off, and then the wheel around it was to adjust the speed. Uh, but then you can also, um, if you don't want to be using cruise control, if you're like driving around looking in a city area, you can also using another button switch it from cruise control to a limiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't break the speed limit or whatever. Uh, and then you've got like two or three different horns. Um, got your headlights. You've got your headlights, uh, windscreen wipers, uh, the air brake uh, for the trailer and the handbrake for the lorry itself. The two set. There's, there are more things than you can map yeah. onto the steering wheel, which becomes a problem if you then start playing it in VR because you need everything at your fingertips. You can't you know use a separate button box or whatever because you can't see what the buttons are so um i need to do some fiddling and like put just the bare essentials onto 
onto the steering wheel. Um, but there's a lot. There's like, when you go into map <laughs> the controls, there's so many, uh, and some people get very, very into it. I saw some some amazing um, photos on uh, when I was Google image searching. Like you see, loads of people put up their like pictures of their sim racing rigs. Mm. Um, but I, I I really dig the uh, people who go all in on their American truck simulator or Euro truck simulator rigs, where they have like a big wheel that's like angled like a lorry wheel, um, and like a one of those seats that you get in a truck where this is where there's like suspension on the seat. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. I've uh, seen it. I've seen as well. Ripping um, whole dashboards out of lorries and and like building a sim dash out of that. God. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people do that with cars as well. Um, and I, I've seen a few attempts to do it with the farming simulator games. So where you get the yeah proper tractor wheel, I suppose, and stuff like that. Yeah, you can already buy those. They 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 yes. don't make like a truck simulator rig, but you can get farms farming simulator like one of those steering wheels with like the knob on it so you can like turn it with one hand and then like the button box with all the like all the bits and pieces for controlling a combine harvester or whatever. Um I love I I've got a massive soft spot for like a bespoke controller that that works in like one or two things. Um so stuff like that. Uh, I never had it but I, I would have loved the the controller for what was the from software walking tank game they made one on oh. original xbox and then they made one on the 360 the one on the 360 worked in connect but didn't work very well and yeah. then the first one had like a gigantic controller that only worked in that game yes um i can't remember what it's called but i remember it being at the connect reveal. yeah steel battalion or something like that i think it was that that might be it yeah it might be it yeah um and I like the idea, I'd never get one because it would be stupid, but I like the idea of uh, like Logitech make a like a yoke and a pedal set for flight simulators. So mm-hmm. not like a joystick and a throttle, but like a, a proper yoke um, and uh, pedals and then like the multi-stage throttle box. And then you can get, you can build it up until you've got like the best part of an entire dashboard from a plane. Um but then you can only use those in like commercial flight sim sort of programs. So, mm. um, yeah, American Truck Simulator is really. I, I've I've talked about before. I've got a soft spot for games where you have to move stuff from point A to point B uh, and push lots of buttons along the way. Yeah. Uh, and that's this scratches that itch, but it's also just like super relaxing. It is, especially it's... if you get a truck that's got uh, <laughs> cruise control on. If you don't, it's a pain in the ass. I can imagine. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I made sure it had cruise control on the limiter. But yeah, mm. it's it is just another one of those A to B, but relaxing. It's um, elite has kind of more perils and danger along the way which make yeah. it a bit more stressful, but this yes. is pure, just chill out, relax. I shoved a YouTube video on, on my other screen. So I was sort of like yeah. watching that, which I don't know not the legality. Safe. I don't know the legality of that in America. No. You, they, you, can, you can be on your phone in America. So true. I'm sure. I think it varies from state to state. Probably. Um, yeah. 
but no, it's it, it's a nice chill out game for when I have um, raced far too much Assetto Corsa Competizione. Mm. Um, before we get onto that, I would recommend if you ever see it for like dirt cheap, uh, the first The Crew game. Oh yeah, um, it's a fairly fairly solid, not uh, but not exceptional arcade racer. But the cool thing about it is that it's set in a sort of like compressed, miniaturized version of the entirety of, of the US. Mm. Um, and it's big enough so that it takes a, a good while to drive all the way across it. But it's not. It's like, uh, I don't know how much they compressed it. It's like, it's compressed a lot, but it's still like a massive map to play in. But there's, a, but there's enough like gradient between the different biomes. And so like you'll get like a a mission where you're starting off in like the mountains in somewhere in the um the north midwest and you've got to drive down to the california coast or whatever and on the way there's just so much scenery change and change in geography and everything that it's it becomes like a really enjoyable journey mm. um i i mean this a lot of that game is really dumb uh but i enjoyed the world that you get to drive around in. So yeah, if you can find it dirt cheap, I'd recommend that because that's a similar sort of itch if you like the if you like to explore the open road in America. Mm. I'd recommend that. But anyway, on to something slightly more serious. <laughs> um yeah, so Assetto Corsa Competizione, um which I kind of mentioned I can't remember was it on the game of the year pod or the we did before i can't remember they all blend into one after a while um yeah i think it came up in game of the year it might have been game of the year i i sort of yeah. said that i would really like to spend some time in the new year just um you know doing actually getting good at a set of course competizione and just maybe just jumping into a public lobby and seeing how it goes um mm. So over Christmas, I did just that. Um, I set up the rig and I just jumped into the first sort of beginner. I literally just, you go into the multiplayer and you go into the server list. It's really old school PC game like that. You just go to server list, find a server you want and jump in. Um, but you can search the server names and the, they have different safety ratings. So you have to be so safe before you can join certain ones and stuff like that. So they don't get, you know, idiots just crashing into each other when they're trying to have actual decent races. Um, so yeah, I, I just typed in beginner or noob, I can't remember which one, into the search bar and I clicked the first one that had a few people in uh, at Spa because as we've said before, Spa is kind of the safe haven of all sort of racing sim people. Um, we kind of just feel at home there uh, just because yep. everyone knows Spa is on every racing game. World. It's always the first track you jump into. It just feels like home, you know, like the back yeah. of your hand. Um, and you can start putting together I'm some sure decent are, laps. I'm sure there's like some perverts out there who are like, oh man, new racing game. I'm going to jump straight into Silverstone. Oh God. You know what? Actually, I think my, my dad's favorite track is Suzuka. But, oh, good shout. So I don't, this might be a generational thing because he, he always jumped into Suzuka first. Um, and I was always spa, but yeah, some, some, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I jumped in and I thought I'm going to just see how this goes and 
probably make a complete arse of myself and run off at Radion on the first lap. Um, but I think I qualified eighth, maybe, which out of 15 or so people, I thought, oh, that's not too bad. That's halfway up. Mm. Um, and then the race happened. I was very nervous. I think I post. I think I messaged you about it and I was like, ah, I'm going for it. And I went for it and I didn't make a complete tit of myself. I finished the race, didn't have any real major incidents, just stayed out of trouble, tried to put some consistent lap times together. And I think I made a couple of positions up in my first race. Um, you're, I want to say now, you're an absolute hero for doing this. <laughs> because I don't, I can't, there's a good chance I would have never jumped into a public lobby. I think this is it. If we, you, if you hadn't done it first and then been like, actually, it's pretty, it's all right. You yeah, should try it. I think we had this, because they are servers and people have sort of like either bought or set up these servers, you kind of sometimes feel that you can't just jump, go into someone else's server because we set servers up uh, when we played, dabbled in it last year. Um, we had like a little laps gamer server that was just me, you and Chazzy. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'd, we'd have a night on it and then power the server down and then that'd be it. Um, so you kind of, f- f- you don't feel like you want to sort of almost step onto other people's turf. And it's almost... Yeah kind of imposter syndrome of we don't belong with the public because we're not good enough or whatever. And you get in these lobbies and realize that after a while, actually we, we, we're not, I, I mean, we're definitely in beginner leagues, but out of the beginner leagues, we're definitely not the worst people here. We're const- we're, we're fighting for, you know, the top five positions in each race. I would say that we've not had, some weird first turn incident uh, at Monza. Uh, it depends, um, but I've uh, at worst I've been mid, you know, uh, yeah. midfielder. We're, we're firmly in the mid pack, but we yeah. are consistently towards the top of that. Um, Unless we get a lobby where there are a lot of people, for example, setting sub two twenty. Yeah. Uh, lap times at, at, at Spa and you're like you're too good for a beginner lobby why are you here and you usually get like one or two of them or hopefully just one of them usually uh last race I was in there was like seven people oh, God. Who, were, who were who were doing sub two minute 20 yeah so 220 like, wow. is kind of getting into real driver territory um yeah you know that's a very good lap time uh for the mm-hmm. one initiated people who don't know so much about racing but um yeah, we getting good. And the other thing I've noticed as well is, and I'm sure you've noticed, is that during actual races where you're racing with other people, you are so engrossed in the race and the time to the next person or time to the person behind you and battling for mm-hmm. positions that you put in lap times that you thought were impossible for you to do literally an hour ago. Um I know my best time at both Spa and Monza has just come hurtling down. Yeah. Um, and I've not even really thought too much about it. I've just been driving and just pushing it, I guess pushing it a little more every time and, and finding those extra tenths every now and then. And it's really well, added we managed up. To, we managed to shave, what, four or five seconds off our lap times at Monza in over the course of one session. Yeah. Which is ridiculous Which is amount crazy. of time. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. Um but no, I've thoroughly enjoyed 
my time in Assetto Corsa Competizione so far. Um, I've not played it this week just because work has been getting into back into doing work, um, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, can't wait to jump back in and, and play some more of it with everyone. And the other thing is now that um, you kind of feel like you can just jump into any sort of beginner server, then it's not too bad to just jump in on your own and then someone else might join at some point or they might not. Um, because when we had our first night, we jumped into a server where there was no one in. We just sort of said, oh, well, we'll have a race with each other. And then people started joining towards the start of the race. So we actually had sort of a full lobby by the end of it from just us, um, mm. which was really good. And yeah, I it's... We've been playing F1 for so long now. Um, we've kind of just fell into the routine of playing F1 and nothing else. That was sort of our racing game. And yeah, much love to F1. I don't mean to say anything bad about F1 because it's a great game and I love it. But the sessions that we had over Christmas, the festive period, sorry, over the festive mm-hmm. period in Sessa Corsa were the most fun, exhilarating um just yeah just fun racing sessions i've had in a long long time there's yeah. something the, the very special fun, about the most fun i've had racing since uh we used to go on gt sport regularly yeah and do the you know the the week the daily races and whatnot mm. um i think maybe well i was going to say maybe we would enjoy f1 more if we were playing multiplayer in a in a but i've played a bit of multiplayer and it was a fucking nightmare so i'm subscribed to the formula one game subreddit and every single post is just a video of multiplayer incidents yeah it doesn't they codemasters ea whoever whoever's responsibility it is they just make the game and release it they do nothing whatsoever to kind of police no. their online lobbies or or servers well, or anything. Well, you have like you have a well. There's rampant cheating on that for starters. Yeah, uh, and that stuff like the uh, you see you go to look at the top times on an in track and you'll see the top time was set by f uh, f one cheats dot site. Yeah, um, and you see a lot of that in uh, online lobbies from what I've seen as well. You see people cheating uh, in online lobbies, which just sucks. Uh, which you won't get in a set of Corsa. Um, but there is like a super license system where you have ratings, but I don't know how they they don't mean anything. That is. They don't yeah, they don't appear to mean anything. Like so like in a set of Corsa, people set the entry requirements for their server, be like, you have to have a safety rating of seventy or thirty or whatever to be able to get into this lobby. Uh, and there isn't any of that on uh, F1. So, uh, and it's a bit weird. I looked up, um, Kunos, uh, what are they called? The studio that makes. Yeah, it's Kunos. Uh, Simulazioni. Uh, and they have a staff of 30 people. Oh, yeah, that's the, uh, the list of their employees, which is, nuts uh they only really work on one game at a time (laughs) 
they made a Seto Corsa, and then they made a Seto Corsa Competizione, and now all they've been doing is supporting that ever since. And apparently, a Seto Corsa 2 will be coming out in 2024. Um, so I'll be looking forward to that. But yeah, there's only 30, 30 of them, and yet they've, they've managed to make the best looking, the best sounding, um, the best handling um, racing simulator that, that I've played. Mm hmm. Uh, especially the best sounding like the sound design is incredible yeah it, every squeak and rattle and whine when you go over uh, marbles on the track you can hear them going under the under the chassis of your car and yeah um i mean everyone knows i love the porsche 911 but oh when you get that porsche into sixth gear the whine mm -hmm. is just beautiful it is i wish i could handle it uh, but it spins out on me too much. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that in uh, VR as well, which has uh, been a bit of a um, bit of a revelation. Um, so usually when I play it, like I set my steering wheel up in front of my screen, uh, when I'm playing a racing game, and then I'll pull the monitor out uh, on a sonar arm. I'll pull the monitor out like as close to my just above my steering wheel as possible so it's like up close and it feels quite immersive but playing in vr is just something different when you can look around and actually physically look in your mirrors uh and um look to your left and right when you're you know running side by side with another car going into a corner um it's it it's yeah it's been incredible it hasn't made me feel uh motion sick at all uh, apart from, and this is really weird, I had a good long session uh, with you uh, last week and I forgot to plug the headset in and it was running yep. just off the air link and then the battery was like, the battery's going to go flat and I couldn't get it plugged in in time. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll just charge it up. Uh, I'll go back to playing on the on, on my monitor. Uh, as the first few corners playing back in 2D, I felt ill. Weird. Yeah, I don't understand that. Uh, it settled down pretty quickly, but um, I yeah, I like it's it's not the most visually impressive game I've ever played in VR, um, but they did a pretty good job for again a studio of thirty people mm. um, to port across to VR. Like the interior of the cars look incredible, and you can read everything on the dash. Um, the inside, everything up close is really, really nicely rendered. Stuff at a distance isn't quite so much, so it can be difficult to tell what car it is you're coming up across until you're quite close on it. Um, and even more so with cars in your rearview mirror. Um, but aside from that, it's it's yeah, it's been it's been amazing playing that in VR. I don't want to go back to playing it the regular way anymore. <laughs> Just get an incredibly sweaty face and we're doing it. Yeah, Seto Corsa Competizione is now, I like, it's the only racing game I want to play. We have to get back to our F1 season at some point. We do. I don't, I don't really want to at the moment. I just want to keep playing this. Well, the quicker we get back to it, the quicker we get back to a Seto Corsa. This is true. I can't play that in VR. No, that's true. No, that sucks. <laughs> uh, all right, what else have you been playing? Uh, I've got one more game, uh, which kind of okay. almost isn't a game, really. It is and it isn't. Oh, um, fucking Wordle. 
Oh, shit. Whatever it is. No, I wasn't going to mention Wordle. Um, it's all my all I see on my Twitter feed now. In the morning. Really? In the morning. Mm. It's lots of coloured squares. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know what Wordle was, and you tried to explain it to me. Uh, I did try while we week. were racing, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the words went in, <laughs> and they didn't really register. Okay. And then I heard Jeff Gerstman over on the Bombcast talking about it, and he said it was basically just the board game Mastermind. And I was like, okay, now I understand it. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. But with words, with letters instead of colours. Yeah. Yeah. So every day, the world has a five-letter word. It's the same word for everyone in the, in the entire... In, in, the, in the world, is what I'm saying. Right. No one, there's a five letter word and you have to guess uh, what that word is. Right. You have six attempts to guess what it is. Mm -hmm. So you might type, you have to guess by guessing valid English words. So you might yeah. start by, uh, with a guess of tears, T E A R S. And yeah. when you submit that word, which is your first guess, it, the colors of each letter will change to one of three colours. It'll change to grey, which means that that letter doesn't feature in the word of the day. Okay. Yellow means the letter features, but you've got it in the wrong position. Yeah. Or green, meaning you've got it in the right position. Right. And then from there, if you've not got all green, you have another guess until you've had six guesses. Okay. And the aim of the game is to try and guess the word in as few attempts as possible, I suppose. Mm. It's not really a game. It's the, the genius of it is the share button and the way it shares it. Other than that, it would just be a standard game that wouldn't have gained so much traction. But the fact you can tweet your result with the grid, because it's abstract enough to not be able to give anything away Apart from if you know what the word is and you've solved it yourself, you can see people's guesses and, and see how they've built the word up. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting... I don't even want to call it a game. It's an interesting thing. I can't think of a word for it. It's... Do you reckon this is uh, something that's going to last all year? Or will people get bored of it? I think... Most people will get bored of it. <laughs> Are you going to get bored of it? I don't think so, because for me, it's I, I quite like word games, and I quite like games that I can make routine. So my routine now is wake up, go do my Wordle, and then I'll check my emails, check my Twitter, everything else. So I've just sort of slotted it into my morning routine by accident. Fine. Yeah. Um and I'm quite a routine routine person. So for me, it's a great game. Um and I enjoy I enjoy word games, I enjoy crossword stuff like that. So I quite enjoy the challenge of it and just thinking about it and um there are a few people that I know at least Claire does it. Um Mike who is one of Claire's colleagues that we go out for drinks for and stuff sometimes. He he's playing it and tweeting his results and stuff. So there's mm. at least a few people around who me who play it and enjoy it and discuss it. So I kind of feel like for me, it'll, it'll still be a thing. 
I think the majority of the people who like Jeff Gertzman and people like that who are playing, I think they'll drop off it. Um, although, wouldn't it be interesting to see Wordle debated in Giant Bomb's Game of the Year 2022? What if What if it's in my Game of the Year 2022? Would that count? Who knows? Who knows? Join Join us in a year's time to find out the answer. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to um, see if I can add it to what Rog. Um, yeah, maybe. It is. It, it is. Oh, my God. Um, Wordle. Wordle. Apparently, it's... Oh, it's a different... What platform is it listed as? No, this is a different game. This is... Oh, Windows. Um, oh, yeah. This is... What's that? Boggle. Yeah. This is an app version of Boggle. I say that's not right. That's not real Wordle. No one wants to play Boggle. No. Mm. Disappointing. Okay. What else have you been playing? Um, so, yes, the last game I've been playing um, isn't really a game. It's more of a tool. Um, it's kind of a game. Kind of not. Um, it's Rocksmith. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I completely forget, keep forgetting about it. We were literally talking about this right before we started recording. Literally were. I forgot about it again. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, um, I used to play guitar back in my sort of since I was about, I don't know how young, since I was a kid, I played guitar and then university happened and I stopped, um, which I've still got guitars around me, of course, but then you just kind of grow out of it. Not not grow out of it as such, but you, you, you lose the time to practice and just play and things like that. And life mm. happens just like everything does really. Um, but I've sort of been particularly since... I got completely obsessed with the Beatles get back documentary. Um, yeah. I kind of got my guitar out and started just fiddling around with it again and just trying to remember how to play and stuff like that. And I remember seeing Rocksmith released a few years ago and thinking, Oh, that's pretty cool. I wonder how, I wonder if it works and I wonder how good it is and, and if you can actually learn stuff with it. But of course this is when I'd kind of, you know, fallen out with playing guitar. Um, so I didn't think too much of it. So obviously I'm thinking about, you know, I've got my guitar out and I'm, and I'm on the, on the steam sale and I'm like, Oh, Rocksmith is seven pounds. So I buy it. Um, now normally you need a, I think they call it a real tone cable, which is effectively just a jack to, so you plug it into your guitar and then you plug that into your USB and it translates sure. what your guitar is playing to something that Rocksmith can understand now. Yeah. Like those old uh, Line 6 pods. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. I think for under the hood, it appears to be a jack to MIDI cable is what people are saying because you can buy their officially licensed one or you can buy um, fake ones which are just... Uh, MIDI to USB, sure, yeah. um, which which makes sense, but uh, I didn't want to do that, so I I've got a focus right, so I just plugged it in there, and there's a nice little uh, DLL you can add to your Rocksmith directory, which just lets you use your and pretty much any of your um, existing input devices yeah. to. Um, you download a little config file for each one. There's there's a website with them all on, and it just it just works basically um, because it is just tone coming in sort of thing. Um, mm. 
but yeah, so I, I've been playing on that and trying to learn a few songs on guitar uh, after quite a while. It's very, when you first start up Rocksmith, it's very toned down for beginner players, which completely makes sense. There is a American narrator who is incredibly annoying. Um, when, oh, it, it's just typical sort of um, American scripted, cool rock dude sort of um, lines, like, great, now we're ready to rock and stuff like that. Um, oh, no. Now, make some noise. Oh, no. Let's get your guitar in tune. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's once you've sort of done the first hour, you don't really have any more of that, which is fine. It's great. Um, but no, the one thing I was worried about with um, Rocksmith is obviously it has, like Guitar Hero, I suppose, it's very much Guitar Hero, but for real guitars. So Guitar Hero, you kind of see the scrolling notes coming at you and you play them like red, yellow, blue, green, orange, whatever. But instead of them being like fake notes, they are. It, t it tells you the tabs basically, and it moves around. So each color means a different string and it tells you which tab, which fret you need to um, play when it does it and, it. and it ramps up the difficulty for each song. So if you start playing a song, it'll you'll play maybe a 10th of the notes just to get the basic feel of the out of how, where the song's going. And then it'll slowly yeah, as like, you play yeah, it more you, and more. Like when you play like an, on easy mode on exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it does that in real time. So as you play it more and more, it realizes the bits you're better at and the bits you're worse at, and it'll add more notes into the bits that you're better at. So eventually you'll know the entire song uh, just by playing it over and over again effectively you can turn that off completely if you're a lunatic um but yeah just to ease you in it kind of gives you a few of the notes and then works your way up um no it's really good i'm really enjoying it so far i can play a few songs and you can tell what they are um which is great and That's i good. couldn't do that a week ago so it's working my fingers are getting all callousy again which is great um, what's the most impressive song that you've learned the most impressive uh, they're not really impressive um, what have I started learning I started learning Ziggy Stardust um, nice good shout I started learning Are You Mine by Arctic Monkeys you didn't uh, learn any you haven't learned any Beatles songs they don't have any Beatles songs what? So not so again oh, this is a problem probably really expensive to license right this is a problem with well thanks Michael Jackson there is actually a Jackson song in there, a Jackson Five song. It, w uh, it would not surprise me if he doesn't own if he if he didn't own the rights to the Jackson Five songs, but did <laughs> the Beatles songs. That would be peak Michael Jackson. Um, so, but yeah, um, there's a limited library um, of songs you can get, but there is a massive DLC library. Um, and over the festive period, we of course have the annual Steam sale, so I bought a fair few songs because they were about a pound a pound each um yeah. which seems all right to me um for what you get you get you know all the tabs and you get the the actual music so you play along with this with the band i think that's kind of what is most appealing to it because you can there's been programs like guitar pro for years where people sort of make 
sheet music and then you read the sheet music and you kind of hear the MIDI the MIDI um, instruments playing along with you. Yeah. But there's been nothing where this is the actual music you're playing. Like they've stripped the guitar track out, you're mm. the guitar track, but everything else is in there still. So you're playing along with David Bowie singing along to you with playing Ziggy Stardust and the Who are playing along to you, you know, with My Generation and stuff like that. So you're the guitarist and it, it adds that extra layer of, okay, I'm actually playing, I feel like I'm playing with a band here without mm-hmm. actually playing with a band. Um, but no, it's it's really, really impressive, I have to say. And mm. the way it can detect as well, I've no idea how it works, but the way it can detect that you're playing the right note or the wrong note or the wrong string um, is really good. I thought it'd be a bit flaky, but um, it's, yeah, honestly, it's very impressive. Um, Excellent. So yeah, I look forward to getting better at guitar over this year and also getting better at racing. So yeah, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> gaming isn't really gaming to me anymore. It's now just, I'm not sure what it is. It's just a constant stream of improving in skills. <laughs> what uh, should we say? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's still gaming. It is. Yeah. I'd say it's like even sim racing because real racing is just a game. True. Right? It's just a sport. Yeah. Um, but playing guitar, learning to be better at guitar, it's like it's one of those things. There's not many games where you can play and you can say uh, at the end of it you've, you've genuinely um, learnt something or have developed a... A real-world um, skill. A real skill. Yeah. Mm. I remember someone talking about this in relation to Kerbal Space Program hmm. and how, like... If you go and play like Dark Souls and you beat a particularly tough boss, that's that's an achievement and it feels great, but all you've done is beaten a boss in a video game. Whereas if you get good at Kerbal Space Program, it's because you've had to learn like orbital mechanics uh, and some base, some fairly rudimentary and basic uh, astrophysics. Yeah. Um, to get good in, in Rocksmith, you have to actually get good at playing guitar, which is a transferable skill into the real world which is yeah. great so yeah i'm all for stuff like that i really should have picked it up when it was on sale but I there will be another that. sale shortly i'm still always be there'll be another sale um oh yeah that's the other yeah, thing you can um it's got everything so it's you can choose whether you want to do lead guitar rhythm guitar or bass so it supports all three mm. of those things so it's got separate tracks for all of those I would be uh, really interested in the bass thing mm. because I've got a bass guitar and I used to play bass in a band, but I'm very much a guitarist who was forced to play bass sort of yeah. person. So I never really learned how to play bass properly. I was in so many so. different little bands. I was also once in a band where I was a guitarist forced to play drums, mm. which is completely different skill set. Pretty cool though. That is very, very different. It was just set. fun hitting shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to enjoy really. Uh, once, once I got over that initial like, how do I make my my like arms and my leg move in different rhythms? Uh, yes, sort of thing. When I first got my head around that, really, really enjoyed it. Really loved playing the drums. But um, it's good fun. It's a, it's a bit of a stumbling block at first, like having to like force yourself into playing into your, your body into doing two different things at the same time. And that's without even getting into like polyrhythms and nonsense like that. 
which I will never be able to do. Nope. Um, I don't have a drum kit anymore either because Zoe and all my neighbors would kill me. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I need to pick it up. I could plug the guitar straight into my um, uh, audio interface because I've got like this, I've got um, this hybrid sockets it's like an XLR jack, but it's also got like a quarter inch jack in the middle of the XLR jack. Oh yeah, it's a bit like the some of the Scarlets have got that as well. It that's, it is a Scarlet, yeah. Okay, Scarlet, yeah. Scarlet two A two. Yeah. So, uh, so I've got yeah, the I pick that up. I've got the solo, so yeah, the all the Scarlets just work out of the box. Yeah. With it once you get that little DLL. Good. I'll have to pick that one up. Um, yeah. That's quite a variety of video games. Yeah. Racing, mm. chilling, driving, guitar. And guitar. Nothing else? And words. Nothing else. I did oh, pick Civilization Six up in the sale. Hell yes. Because there was a oh, frankly man. crazy deal. Um, we should start a game at some point. It will take a long time to play it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm should, all for that. We should do a multiplayer game because, um, oh man... I love playing that game with other people. I don't. I don't do it anywhere near enough because it mm. takes so fucking long. It's like Risk. It takes forever. <laughs> That's uh, the thing that is Risk. I I love a game of Risk. Yeah. But you never play a game of Risk because it takes so long. When I was at uni, we used to do it every now and then. We'd get like a bottle of bourbon, uh, and a lot of coffee, mm. and we'd we'd stay up all night and play a game of Risk. Uh, but that would that was like a once you know once every few months sort of thing. Yeah, we we did similar with needed, Civ. You need like a whole night to play a game of Risk, and and the same with with uh, like well, some some games of Civ I've had uh, have gone on way longer than in a game of Risk would. Like um, depending on how slow you you can change how um, quick the game is or how slow the game is. Uh, in the settings and how big the map is and so on. Um, so you can make a game of Civ last months. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, you've you've got experience of that series. It's not like you're jumping in for, for yeah. Uh, I've for played the first them time. since four. I think yeah. Okay. I didn't so, yeah, play I the weird alien one. No, I nearly picked that up a while ago because it was dirt cheap. Um, but. The reviews just said, oh, it's just Civ Five with a lot of the interesting stuff stripped out Yeah. Uh, in service of a new setting. And I was like, I don't really fancy the idea of that, to be honest. So I didn't bother with it. Um, the Civ Six is, yeah, it's incredible. Especially, did you get the, the version with the DLC? It had most of the DLC, but not. Yeah. I didn't get the entire pack. No, no. The only stuff you need is like the... Is it Rise and Fall? I can't remember what the other one is. I will, I will read out what I've got to you. I've got nine DLC. I've got uh, a lot Australia, of that will be Aztec Civilization. Yeah. The, the rise lot of and it's fall. just like extra civilization. So Rise and Fall, and the other one is like to do with natural disasters. Uh, that might that might be Rise and Fall actually. Gathering Storm. Gathering Storm. No, that's the one that's to do with natural disasters. So that yeah. one was really interesting. It's like. Um, you run. You, you might run a risk of like flooding if you put uh, if you put one of your cities next to a river. Oh, nice! Um, then it can flood, or too near to the coast, it can be hit by a tsunami, or too near a 
um, a volcano, then it could end up, you know, having yeah. issues with that. Or but there's other natural disasters, earthquakes, um, storms, blizzards, and so on and so forth that like affect um, your cities or or your enemy's cities or whatever, your neighbor cities. Mm, nice. um, that's really good. Uh, and the rise and fall just adds in a bunch of extra um extra bits and pieces into the tech tree and stuff like uh they introduced um like governors for cities so you in, you put an import governors for cities uh because there's like a new system where you can gain or lose the loyalty of a city mm-hmm. uh, and if you try to spread yourself too far too too uh, too thin you know too far uh early on um, try to stretch out cities that are like on at the edge of your empire that are close to another a civilization. You may they may end up being like a rebellion, and you'll lose control of that city, and then they'll decide to switch allegiance to the the other neighboring civilization. Mm. Uh, and you can like mitigate that by having governors, and the different governors have different like skills depending on what that city, what you're using that particular city for. There's a whole, there's a lot of stuff. There's 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 so much stuff in there. I've I've been saying for ages, like Zoe wants to try out Civ, um, and I need to, but I'd, I'd need to like sit down with her and like as she plays the game and like try and explain bits because there's no tutorial. No, you just jump into the um, game, don't you? You get like a very helpful sort of assistant who will explain certain bits and pieces to you, but. The game doesn't ever explain to you, like, this is the sort of path you would need to be going down if you need... It doesn't even, like, say... It doesn't really, like, spell out for you, like, you gain victory by these particular methods. No. That was another thing. one of the other things introduced into um, Civ Six. I don't think it was in Civ Five. It was, like, religious victories. Um, before, it was, like, domination, cultural, or science. And then they added in religious victories in Civ Six, uh, where... You can win if, if like the majority of the people in, in the game are aligned to the religion that you found in your civilization, or whatever. Mm. Um, but it's like, yeah, there's so much stuff to explain um, that it's kind of daunting to teach a new player who's never played Civ how to play it. Uh, but I'll, yeah, I'll need to sort that out at some point. But um, well, we should absolutely play some multiplayer. Yeah, definitely. I say that saying that we were going to do exactly the same thing with um, The Last Age of Empires and then never did. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did, didn't That's we? a lot more immediate. That's a lot easier to play. It That's is. That's like, what, like an hour for a match, maybe? If that longer. sometimes, yeah. Yeah. That's a bit more like StarCraft-y sort of time scale. whereas Civ, one game of Civ might take us most of this year. Yep. But yeah, we should do that cool all right what have i been playing um quite a lot it turns out and i will probably forget so i'm gonna cons oh no damn it i haven't made a list of everything i've been playing on rog oh no um can i, I can't and it can't i can't select oh, i don't know what well, I, would- I not release date if you no i can't put it by release date i can put it by no added. date added here we go date added on rog <laughs> Oh, shit. Some of these are ones I haven't um, played. Uh, Okay. Um, Right. Yeah. I'll go through the stuff that we we haven't (laughs) talked about already. So aside from Assetto Corsa, um, 
and American Drug Simulator and some of the things that I've been trying out in VR, like Elite Dangerous. I got back into playing that, um, and that's great in VR. Um, I haven't actually played many proper VR games um, mm. <clears throat> yet. I bought um, a humble bundle of all the Arkham games and the Batman Lego Batman games because it, it was like seven pounds and it included the uh, Batman VR game. Uh, but I haven't tried that out yet. Um, I bought Tethered, which I played some of on PlayStation VR at EGX years ago, and I thought, this is lovely. I really want to play this. I didn't even realize it was on PC as well. And then it was like £2.80 or something like that on the Steam sale. So I grabbed that, haven't touched it. Zoe's played quite a lot. She really likes it. Hmm. So I'm going to play a bunch of that. I have, however, um, I played... 10 minutes of um oh shit super hot vr um that's really cool i played a little bit of a game um she picked up called pistol whip or pistol whipped i can't remember yeah it's like a an on rails like house of the dead style shooter thing um where like you know you aim down at the ground to reload your weapon that sort of thing um but with a sort of super hot VR vibe, but then it's all set to pieces of music and you get more um, points for like shooting and dodging and hitting and whatnot in time with the beat. Uh, and that's kind of cool. I need to play a little bit more of that. I have played the first like hour, hour and a half of Half-Life Alex, uh, And that game is kind of mind-blowing uh I'll, I'll probably talk a little bit more about that next time chazzy's on the pod because he's played it as well um yeah. but it's it's the first vr game i've played where i'm like oh this is a triple a vr game this isn't um a vr um <clears throat> this isn't vr like crowbarred into an existing game like um it work, like that sort of thing works very well in games where like you're sat still so elite dangerous racing games flight simulator stuff like that um that works really great in um uh, most other vr games i've played are kind of like you know they're, they're, they're kind of small indie-ish games or they're like tech demo sort of things yeah um or like quirky novelty stuff like um <clears throat> I haven't played it, but I really want to play at some point Job Simulator. But, you know, a lot of VR games are that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Half-Life Alex feels like a Half-Life game built from the ground up in VR. Uh, and it's... It's it's incredible. Um, like, the immersion, the graphical fidelity, even on a, you know, uh, relatively cheap headset like the Oculus Quest... Uh, I mean, this thing was built for the Vive Index, really, which is a one is like is a, a thousand pounds worth of kit. Um, even on the Oculus Quest Two, it looks incredible, um, sounds incredible, uh, plays. It's like they've it's Valve, so you know they thought about everything. Um, so it's the way that the game plays feels just so intuitive, mm. like. 
little things like um, you have like gravity gloves. So you don't have the gravity gun, you've got the gravity gloves. So like you aim your hand in the direction of an item. Say you see like a magazine a gun a clip on the floor. You aim at it and you like you press press one of the buttons and you flick your hand up to like fling it towards yourself and then you just reach out and grab it. And that's like a magazine for the gun. And then you want to put it in your inventory, you just reach over your shoulder uh and like and then let go and you've put it in your backpack. Yeah. Uh, and then you're firing your gun and you run out of, of ammo and you need to reload. You reach over your shoulder as if you're grabbing a magazine from the backpack and then it's there in your hand. And then you you physically slide it into the gun and then cock the gun um, to load the first round into the chamber. Um, little things like that, the way that the the puzzles have been created specifically to for, you know, fucking around in VR. Um that and then you add on the top of that like the, the the i mean half-life was half-life 2 especially was already such an incredibly immersive game um and quite genuinely scary in certain places yeah like uh, ravenholm um mm. i haven't really gotten into the spoops yet um but still i've encountered a couple of head crabs and it was not not fun in vr <laughs> it was quite scary um but I, uh, I'm not. I'm not. Partic- I'm not articulating myself particularly well because it's it's really hard to explain what it's what's so special about it. But it's like like from the opening seconds, like once the the title screen disappears and you're standing on a balcony of a house in City Seventeen and you're looking around and there's like those big Walker things and you can hear like tannoy's blasting away and whatnot and it's just like immediately i was like okay this is i'm in city 17 this is yeah. incredible um and also uh pleasantly surprised that like the the character that, that that's so far been guiding me through the game is voiced by um reese darby of uh um flight of the concords fame ah. one of the funniest people from new zealand um, which is very nice, very pleasant surprise. Um, yeah, I won't talk about it too much more. I need, I need to play some more of it, uh, and I need to talk to uh, Chazzy about it next time he's on because he's the only other person he's played it, I think. But uh, as an advertisement for VR, it's like I can't think of anything more. It seems it's what Valve always do, though, isn't it? They take something, they refine it and refine it and refine it, and what comes out is an incredibly crafted piece of art. Um, yep. Apart from that card game they made. Ooh, oh fuck! I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Apart from that, everything <clears throat> they've ever done has just been like gold plate standard, perfect perfection on a plate. Um, but yep. I remember like ten years ago, probably more than ten years ago, now reading uh, articles on Kotaku or something about how Valve was busy making. Um, sort of like not prototypes well i guess prototypes yeah of um making better ways for characters in games to interact with you uh i think the example that i remember i have one of those really vivid memories of reading an article and it was about how uh eye tracking of of ai characters when they were talking to you um so when they're engaged in conversation they'll track with your their eyes and they'll move around to be looking at you and talking to you that kind of thing and yep. I think that's probably where the seeds were sown, you know, 
10 years. So there is literally 10, 15 years of work and refinement gone into this and probably yeah. waiting for the correct platform, as in the Vive, for it to be released on. Um, but no, uh, I Alex's Half-Life Alex and Assetto Corsa are sort of the two driving factors for me wanting a VR headset. Um, mm. I just, yeah, I think it, that's going to be the game of VR for at least the next couple of years, I would have thought. Um, I'm happy that to be proven and, wrong. Um, the fact that Hitman VR is coming uh, to PC yeah. this month, apparently, or this <laughs> month or next month. Uh, so we finally get to actually <laughs> strangle people as Agent 47. Uh, I've wanted to play that game for ages. It was weird that it was only it was a PSVR exclusive, but yeah, it's finally coming to PC, so I'm really looking forward to playing that. Did you see as well the other uh, day they announced PSVR 2? Yeah, for the PS5. So it, it, I'm presuming it'll be uh, a new headset that's that's a higher resolution because... Um, you did you try a PSVR? At, uh, did yeah. When they were yeah. doing the when they first came out, they did like tours of soups shopping malls. Oh um, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you said about that. Yeah, and I went um, with Andy Brown from Downtown Andy Moments, Brown, Downtown Andy Brown uh, to Meadow Hall, and we played some played some games there. I think hey, there was Matt there as well, Matt and Andy from from Kodak Moments, oh. um, and we we all went and played some games. I played. Batman VR and I played Resident Evil 7 in VR because you could play that in VR, mm. couldn't you? Um, that was scary. Yeah. Um, very cool piece of hardware. Uh, or, or, I mean, compared to what I've seen now, um, slightly underpowered. I mean, it was running off a of PS4, so what do you expect? But also, like, the resolution of the screens, uh, there's a, there was a lot of what they call the screen door effect. Yeah. You get that in any VR headset, as far as I, you from, do from what I can read and what I can see. But it's more pronounced on certain headsets, and it's very pronounced on, on, uh, on the PlayStation VR. Not as bad as it was on like when I had a Gear VR, and it was literally my phone screen was what was projecting. Um, uh, that that was pretty rough. But uh, yeah, the PSVR need needed an upgrade really. Um, take advantage of the power of the ps5 so that makes sense and they sold a lot of playstation vrs a lot they more did. than than uh, i think anyone expected them to yeah so, um it was at a decent price point for quite a lot of its life um yes which helped but i think people are always intrigued at vr and it came out at the right time it had a decent amount of support um and clearly um i think they released it knowing they would have to either upgrade it or can it eventually and mm. I think the announcement of PSVR 2 has shown that it's sold well enough for them to justify refining it and making it better. So That's good. Yeah. Um, I only hope that they re re revise the controller situation a bit because it seems that like everyone's settled on moves. what is a... Yeah, and everyone's kind of settled on a standard now. So like the Oculus controllers are very similar to the... Vive. Um, the Vive controllers are very similar to the... Uh, what's the... Valve one, index. Index, that's it. Um, yeah, yeah. They all have a very similar controller type. Yeah, um, they're very similar to each other, and I, I hope that, um, that Sony would would follow along with that. Um, yeah, but that's that's uh, been my little sojourn into VR. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to be playing a lot more stuff in VR. 
Um, I've just double checked and they have indeed um, released pictures of the new PSVR 2 controller, which looks just like the Index E5 ones. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, oh, God, what else have I been playing? Oh, I'm going to have to check my Steam. <laughs> uh, aside from Final Fantasy 14, the new expansion is very good. Uh, thoroughly enjoying that. Bit of a slow start. Uh, but once you got over that, it's it's really got its hooks into me again. Really nice new setting, um, new gameplay changes, uh, all around very good. Uh, what else have we been playing? Uh, oh no, I played a little bit of Project Cars Two in VR as well. Just just a little dick about in that, just to see what it was like. Um, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It doesn't feel anywhere near as good as the set of Corsa, but it's it's still cool to to see that in um, in VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Oh God, I should have written this stuff down. If I was in any way professional, I would have written this stuff down. Um, let me check my Xbox app. That'll tell me. Uh, uh, lots more Football Manager. I'm into my fourth season as Newcastle boss, and things are going very well. I won a uh, league title and Champions League in, my, in the end of my, at the very end of my third season. So that's going good. Um, still enjoying that. It's a good just game to just uh, turn your brain off to, to be honest, or well, to a certain extent. Like it's mm. a good, it's a good game to play whilst you're watching something. It is, yeah. Um, yeah. I quite often just have um, um, my PC on upstairs, and I'll. Um, Steam link it onto my tablet downstairs and play it with that while watching something. Ah. It's nice and easy to do that with. Good. That's a good idea, actually. Um, I have played about half of, I think, uh, The Gunk, um, <clears throat> which was the... Um, the latest game from Image and Form Games, who did all of the um, steampunk, um, you know, um, not steampunk. What are they called? Uh, Steam World. Steam World, yeah. Steam World Dig, Steam World Heist, um, Steam World Quests. Yeah. Uh, all those games, um, all very uh, have a very similar vibe. The gunk is completely different. Um, it's a Third-person action, well, not really action, platform, puzzle platformer, um, fully voice acted. Um, you're a, a couple uh, who land on a planet, um, and there's all this gunk everywhere. And um, the main character you run around with has got like a big, big mechanical glove, uh, big, well, big, big mechanical forearm. Um, that like has a suction function on it and you go around and you suck up the, the all of this gunk <laughs> you suck up the gunk um it's it's a lovely little um puzzle platformer uh it's very pretty it's very well written it's very charming soundtrack is very nice it's absolutely not the sort of game i would have i would have uh, envisaged this studio making uh, after making 3 or 4 um Steam World games. Um, it's apparently only four hours long, which is great. Uh, I want more games like that. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I haven't really got too much more to say about it. It's 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 a very very nice game. It's on Game Pass. Go and play it. It's very short. Uh, it's probably very easy to get all of the achievements for it as well. So, in fact, I've got most of them, and I haven't. I'm only halfway through it. So, check that out. I was going to play Lake, and I never got round to it. Uh, but that's another one that's supposed to be quite short. I'm surprised you didn't play that actually, because you were really excited for that, weren't you? I've got it downloaded, but I've just not yeah. had any time to sit and play sort of like single player story type games. No, no, that's fair. Um, uh, the only other thing is um, I've been a very naughty person and played a couple of Ubisoft games, which I shouldn't do because Ubisoft are a terrible company. But uh, while Zoe was. Um, hijacking my pc so she could play um vr games uh i jumped on a playstation 5 and played uh started a new save file on assassin's creed valhalla um which was my like christmas game from christmas 2020 uh when we got our positive covid uh results I went downstairs in a huff and was like, well, if I can't leave the house over the Christmas period, I'm going to treat myself. And I bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, and then put like 115 hours into it on that save file. I saw whatever it was like, I don't remember playing it for that long. It didn't feel like that long. Um, but I've, I've, I've talked about how much I really enjoyed that game. Uh, it's my one of my favorites in that series. And I booted it up again in um, on PS5 and it's just nice to play it at an increased resolution and a solid 60 frames a second. Uh, it just feels nicer to play and looks nicer. Um, and going back and starting a new save file, I, I'd forgotten quite a lot of the stuff from the early part of the game, so I've, I've been enjoying playing that. Um, but then the main other one, of the, the main new game I've been playing um, uh, from a bunch of stuff that I picked up in sales over the Christmas period is uh, Watch Dogs Legions, um, which I picked up on um, Epic Game Store. They gave out a £10 uh, voucher. Yep. And uh, the only thing I could find on the store that I wanted to buy that was like cheap um, was Watch Dogs Legions. So I ended up picking paid like six pounds for it after i used the voucher uh which is not bad um aside from the fact that it's not particularly well optimized for pc uh and apparently that's a bit of a like a thing with ubisoft games um they apparently really it's not bother. optimized anywhere is it i think chassis was saying that it's an issue on console as well um i don't know uh he said that, like there's two options you can play it in like 4k at 30 or not 4k at 60 um you think with the power of an xbox series x it could do 4k 60 uh but apparently not so maybe that is a optimization issue or whatever i don't know um but on the pc um <clears throat> with running at 1440p ray tracing turned on and everything most of the time it's a solid frame rate apart from when you're driving around and then it dips into like the high 30s low 40s sometimes which is not great mm. Um, but I learned to live with it. You learn to live with a certain amount of jank with a Ubisoft open world game, so um, it's fine. Um, I really enjoy the, the, this game so far uh, from what I've played. I've played a, a huge amount of the story. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one. Watch Dogs 1 had a main protagonist. Watch Dogs 2 had a main protagonist. The protagonist in Watch Dogs 1 was shit, and the protagonist in Watch Dogs 2 was really 
uh, was really fun to play. I was, in fact, the, the whole cast of characters, uh, main cast of characters in Watch Dogs 2 was great. Yeah, that uh, game really was a joy to game. play. It was. It was really it was so much so compared to the first one. The third the third one is along the similar lines. It's it's very much a joy to play. Um, it's kind of embraces the like, the wacky side of Watch Dogs, like two did. Um, but there's no main character really, um, because who is the, whoever is the main character in like the cutscenes or whatever it's whichever one of the agents that you selected to complete the last mission with is, yep. and those agents are anyone. Yes, you can you can recruit anyone. Any NPC in this game can be recruited. Uh, to be part of your team and then used to complete missions and they all have different skills um, uh, access to different abilities and different um, uh, different uh, equipment and whatnot Um, but yeah it's kind of cool driving around a near future dystopian London Um, get kind of a bit of V for Vendetta sort of vibes about it, but it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Uh, well, it, it, it it's serious, but like there's always like a it's always got a little bit of a smile. Um, mm. It's just fun. It's just really fun. It is. Um, so yeah, I, I've been I've been thoroughly enjoying that. Uh, I've just been I haven't really been progressing with the story too much because I always like. You throw you. This is the problem I have with a lot of these games. If you show me an open world map, and there's lots and lots of collectibles to get on it, and those collectibles give me something like a tangible benefit. So like there's there's like data points that you can collect, and you use those data points to buy upgrades. So there'd be the ability to hack different things, um, or you can upgrade the level. So instead of just being able to hack like a drone, you can take control of that drone or you can make that drone fight on your side for a while or whatever. Um, and so I've been going around like a madman collecting all of those rather than actually progressing the story at all. So by the time I get back to the story, I'm going to be so ridiculously overpowered. That the game's probably going to be a bit of a joke, but I don't care. Just I just want to have fun with it. Um, the driving is still shit as it is in all of these Watch Dogs games. Um, so I spent quite a lot of time on foot uh, as long as I don't have too far to go. Uh, the good thing is uh, there's fast travel points around the map, but you can also just, um, if you once you've got like a good collection of agents, they're spread out across the map. So if one of them is close to your objective, you can just change switch to that agent and then suddenly you're much closer to the objective than you were before um yeah it's cool uh i'm gonna play some more of that um it's uh it's it's surprising i know chazzy's had chazzy had a lot of fun with it did he make it into his game of the year or not or was it in his honorable mentions i don't think it was in the end Uh, he did talk about it so i think it was on his must have been on his honorable mentions then yeah um yeah it's uh it's neat it's neat it's not you know the greatest game in the world but um i i I probably wouldn't have paid full price for it uh but uh for uh yeah for six pounds i'm i'm pretty happy with it um performance issues and all um the only problem is you have to launch it through um what's it called you play yes you do so even though i'm even though I bought it through Epic Game Store, it doesn't launch from the Epic Game Store launcher. It launches from Uplay, and Uplay sucks. It's like the um, Xbox 
link with EA. Oh, yeah, and the EA one is the worst because it's not even Origin. Origin's bad enough, but their 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 other launcher is well, intrig- so much intriguingly worse. enough, I have heard they are phasing out Origin in favor of the new EA launcher. But that thing just says beta at the top of the screen, and it it doesn't work properly. Everything says um, beta all the time these days. Nothing's ever probably. released. Um. I've got a bunch of games that I'm going to play uh, in uh, this year. Uh, a lot of them, actually, at the moment, thanks to um, Epic Game Store. They were giving away a game a day for free uh, over the Christmas period. And yep. despite the fact that I managed to miss quite a lot of them, I've now got like uh, the entirety of the... The, the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy on PC, which yes, is like I think the best too. place to play it, right? Um, I got Mutant Year Zero, which I played before on Xbox uh, when it was on Game Pass and thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, Loop Hero, which popped up in a lot of people's Game of the Year lists last year, so I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, there were some others as well. Total War Warhammer. Um, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Warhammer, but I like the Total War series, so I will give that a try. Uh, I did see the, the new Total War Warhammer, which I still think they should have just called Total Warhammer. Um, the new one of those is coming to Game Pass in next month. Hmm. Um, and speaking of Game Pass, we got what have we got coming up in the next month? There was like Anacrusis is coming yeah. in a few days' time. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition came today. It's, yeah, I just noticed that's on there today and Outer Wilds. Yes, that came back. Oh, yeah, it's been on there before, hasn't it's it? It yeah. used to be on there, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to playing uh, the Anacrusis because uh, that looked fun, although apparently that's early access. It is, yeah. But that's fine. Um, this is definitely going to be like the year uh, of the left for dead style game i noticed when i was on um steam earlier there were uh, the game of the year edition of left for dead was on sale again for like six pounds i was kind of tempted to pick it up but i should probably just play more of uh back for blood instead yeah definitely yeah um, too, many, do... too many games to play spelunky 2 is coming to game pass okay Total Warhammer 3, Desperate... Oh, that's leave. Sorry, Leaving is Desperados 3. Mm. Uh, bah, 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 bah. That's all they've announced. Um, yeah, there's a few more coming with an unknown date, uh, which include Dead Static Drive, which I've been waiting for for ages. Um, Edge of Eternity, Hello Neighbor 2, Little Witch in the Woods, Nobody Saves the World, She Dreams Elsewhere, Stalker Sta- 2, Heart of Chernobyl. Dead Static Drive. Yeah, it's um, an indie isometric type game. Oh, yeah, it I'm looking at it now. very jalopy. Okay. Is how it looks. Um, but yeah, it just looks really intriguing. Hmm. Graphical style, to be fair. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of... Um, oh, what's that game that Giant Bomb liked? Uh, with that one game that Giant Bomb liked. <laughs> Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
it kind of gives me, reminds me vibes of that, um, which is still on my to play pile. I should really play that at some point. I need to go back and play it. Uh, me and Andy and uh, Ryan from Kane and Rinse did an episode on the first part of Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah, episode um, one. It was one of the very, very early episodes of, of Laps Game Radio was on that. Huh. Maybe we um, should uh, pick it up in the future and do episode two. It'll be that thing. Every 200 episodes, we'll, we'll do come the back next, and do the next, we'll do the next part. Kentucky Route Zero. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. Ah, oh, man. That was... Uh, yeah, I need to... I, I, I want to go back and play the whole thing. Um, I imagine it's quite cheap now. Because uh, that first episode was a trip. Uh, lit, lot, lots of elements of, like... A lot of Lynchian stuff in there, but then a lot of other stuff that was... And it's it's hard to explain. Mm. Um, it's definitely worth a play, uh, and it's been so long now that I imagine that the the first episode is probably played slightly differently than how it did back when I first played it. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm going to get the Mass Effect. I didn't realize it was the entire trilogy, right? Mass Effect Legendary Edition is the entire trilogy. Yep, the trilogy remastered. Okay, I'm um, I'm down for playing that. Uh, I want to see what they've done to make the first one feel slightly less dated uh, yeah. compared to the second and the third one. But um, Yeah, one of my favorite series. Uh, mm. I think Mass Effect 2 ended up being our game of the, game decade. Of the decade. It was. I'm happy with that. Because I wasn't there to... I don't even know what, do you, what game do second. Do you disagree? I've never played it, so I don't know. Oh I right! Did literally, I was sat, I was sat there and I said I literally can't agree or disagree with this. Yeah, that's fair. We didn't make it Breath of the Wild though. I couldn't do that to you. Oh, was that second? No, I think The Witcher was. Okay, yeah. I need to go back and listen to it. Anyway, we're <laughs> rambling. Um, we are rambling. Yeah, I can only apologise, dear listener, for the. For the low energy rambling nature of this episode, but it's literally the first episode of 2022, and we've only recently gone back to work. It's uh, a Thursday no. that feels like Wednesday because we had a bank holiday. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, and I've got a day full of meetings tomorrow, uh, and I'd much rather still be on leave. So, <sighs> we'll be more. I'll be. We'll be more upbeat and. Uh, energetic next episode, I promise. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Not got any, you got anything? Any other business? Uh, no, I haven't got any other business. All good. No. Okay, good. Uh, I'm gonna go and upset more J.K. Rowling fans on Twitter. Um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for joining me, Nick. Always a pleasure to talk to you. No problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem um i don't know why i laugh every time you say that um thanks dear listener for uh for joining uh hope you had a lovely christmas and new year hope you enjoyed our game of the year episodes uh let us know if you agree or disagree with our picks uh and what what you've been playing over the christmas period you can hit us up over at twitter at laps gamer uh or you could drop us an email if you want to uh that's lapsgamerradio at gmail.com um we haven't typed up any of our top tens. I will aim to get mine up uh, at some point 
um, maybe before this episode comes up or shortly afterwards, then you'll be able to read that over at lapsgamer.com. Uh, that's about it, though. So, uh, until next time, ta Bye!